Hi guys and welcome to episode 21 of Trust in the Process with myself, Deborah Chosen. Happy New Year guys. Yes, it is still socially acceptable to say Happy New Year until it's February. I'm going to be rinsing it out, especially since I haven't seen you guys since then. Um, so much has been happening. Um, probably the best way to keep up to date with that is to follow me um, on my mailing list. Um, the information for that is below in the description, so check that out. But I'll be sharing a bit more about this season. Um, but today's episode is all about a lovely lady that we have here in the studio who goes by the name of say your name girl Bucky Smart that's right you better tell them you see how she's smart you hear that we've got Bucky in the room today and I'm really really excited to have this conversation that we're going to be able to have um so I'm just going to say a few words about Bucky and then I'm going to allow you to of course introduce yourself to the people so Nigerian born and bred and now London residing, Bookie Smart is everything her name suggests. By profession, Bookie is a chartered accountant and a financial whiz. When she's not bossing the corporate world, you can find her speaking, teaching and writing. Whether that be helping millennials make better money decisions and maximise their earnings or sharing lessons learnt from the seasons of her faith. Bookie is the creator and host of the Save, Spend, Invest podcast. And today it is a pleasure to have her with us to talk all things finance, faith, and finding your feet in this world. So welcome to Trust in the Process, Bookie. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for agreeing, honestly. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, no, we was, we've been chatting so much prior to this. Yeah. That I'm, part of me is even like, let's get this podcast over done with so we could just go and, and do dinner and chat. Yeah. But um, no, it's an absolute pleasure to have you in here. Um, as you know, I've kind of been still Talking you for some time. And Back at you, girl. <laughs> I'm glad it's mutual. It makes yeah, it a bit less freaky, right? Um, and one of the things that I think really just really drew me to you, and and one of the main reasons why I was like, I need to have you here, is to, when I was looking at the kind of 2019 that you had had, at least from the outside looking in, right? Because social media only shows us so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I would always find with you is you, you would write and whatever you would write would resonate with me. It would always seem to be relevant to whatever season I was in. And I was like, is this girl reading my journal? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and I know you began to call me soul sister. Yes. You know? I was just like, this girl just, she just it understands. It was so mutual. Yeah, so mutual, yeah. Yeah, so... I'm really excited to just share your journey today. And of course, as I've said, talk more things, finances and faith as well, which I know are things that um, you're very passionate about. So yeah. without further ado, um, please introduce yourself in a few words. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. I feel like that's always such a big question because it it, it's like, who are you? Like, who is Bookie Smart? And that's mm. something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, probably towards the back end of last year. Mm. And especially once I became a qualified accountant, it was Woo-hoo. like, you know, now another thing to add at the back of your name. Yeah. Um, but on a more like personal note and mm. I guess deeper level yeah. it's like who are you um so i'd say bookie is a multi-passionate person yeah um for the longest time that was something that was a bit hard for me to admit because i just felt like you know but people only know you in like personal finance mm. and maybe faith but mm. you know there's so many more things that i'm interested in mm. and yeah i just started getting comfortable with saying that i'm multi-passionate by mm. day i'm of course doing accounting um by evening i'm doing a couple of different things now but i really identify myself as a creative person sometimes Mm. people think but you did finance and money and that's not 
quote unquote creative. Um, but the creative expressions of that, you know, definitely the contents part of it is creative. Me yeah. sitting down to brainstorm. Um, I also really like tech and business. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely me. I I love you know traveling. Mm-hmm. That is where I We've think noticed. my creative side comes yes, from. Yeah. Um, I I love all things like interior decorating. Maybe that's mm. also related to business in terms of like property development. Okay. Um. Yeah. And yeah, just so so many things. Yeah, but so many layers. Yeah, yeah that's, that's me. amazing. I love I love that you said that you've embraced being multi passionate. Yeah, because you know? I think it's something that so many of us millennials um, are navigating right now you know and also we live in a time where we can exploit many different sides of us back in our parents days of course it's sort of just there's one path that you go down but I'm just so glad that you're able to still I'm sure there's elements of it within your role but I'm so glad you're able to kind of have those creative outlets in those different spaces so that's amazing it's interesting um whenever I meet someone who's an accountant uh let's say an accountant or an engineer or a doctor and they're Nigerian <laughs> I just feel like your parents must be so oh happy. my god they must be so relieved that you chose a savory well safe is, is arguable the, yeah. but they must be like thank you for just doing what yeah. is right yeah. so I'm interested was becoming an accountant always the dream no no um it was just I think I started doing it when I was doing it for my IGCSE so we were allowed to choose much much earlier before I guess most people would um but it wasn't until I was actually you know thinking about what I was going to study in uni that it came up because in my mind I was going to finish and go to NYU and study fashion okay so I grew up in generation gossip girl (laughs) I was always like right this is what I want to do Mm. I want to go and design a line that is very much for like Blair Waldorf mm. of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I felt like not a lot of people got. Like a yes. lot of my friends like Serena, mm-hmm. which is fine. I love Serena. But, you know, that <laughs> sort of like girl slay. Mm-hmm. Um, that was what I wanted to do. So fashion yeah. design. I remember my dad saying like, you want to go and study Taylor what? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was like fashion designer dad. Dad, <laughs> like, it's not the same and yeah. he was like you know what tell you what go and do accounting and once you're done <laughs> how did it become that though? I, I don't you know, know what no go and do the numbers he stuff. was like what are you good at and okay. i've always been interested in money i feel okay. like i've always been interested in money from time so yeah. i was a girl that you know would go to church and my dad would give us money to go and buy you know church snacks or something okay. after yeah um and i'll come back and be counting the change for him Oh. And then I was, you know, I'll, I'll say something like, okay, because I went, you're going to pay me for my labor. Like that was oh. me. It's <laughs> like a 10, 11 <laughs> year old from, hustling wow, from time. From yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was like, you're good with numbers. You like mm. money. You're always counting money. Go and study, you know, banking or, or what was the closest thing to banking, okay. being accounting and finance. Mm. Um, and that's how I sort of got, you know, down the path yeah. that we we're on. Wow. Okay. And what, what did that journey look like? The journey to becoming an accountant? Because like I said, with those particular professions, when we're talking accounting, um, law, uh, becoming a doctor, it's not an easy feat by no. any stretch of the imagination. And I imagine there was a lot of uh, tenacity. You had to have a lot of determination. So 
what did the journey to becoming a chartered accountant actually look like? It was, it was interesting. It started off really interesting because my first year of uni was like, oh, it's uni. And again, it was also me trying to explore that Blair Ward of like, I used to be the girl in uni who would dress up with like knee highs. Oh, you're so cute. I'd wear skirts and wear like this cute blazer. And people would be like, where are where you, you going? going? <laughs> you're doing the most. I'm actually doing the most. But I'm like, you know, in my head, I was like, I'm dressing up for the person I'm going to become. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so because the accounting profession and finance was very like reputable, mm. I was always like those girls you see and you're just like, wow, they look so good. Okay. They're always in heels. Yeah, Hair is always slick back. Mm. I was like, yeah, that is me. So it was very interesting. Um, and then once like, you know, reality hit and it got really serious and I was like, okay, it's, it's all fun and games. But when it comes to exams, <laughs> it was a different story. But mm. um, I've always been someone that even if I didn't necessarily like something because I sort of knew the end mm. I will push for it like mm. you know mm. it wasn't my favorite thing to do studying has never been my favorite thing yeah. to do yeah. but I was like I'm trying to get somewhere I'm trying to get to the end of this degree mm. I'm trying to still you know my my father promised me a fashion design school at the end <laughs> of this so you so know that's, on to the that's, yeah, that's where we're trying to go so you know I was like I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there mm. and so I pushed and pushed and I got to the end um, thank God I got to the end because my mm. final year was I probably say that was the year I really knew faith and okay. that was when my relationship with God started to take form mm. that was when I went to my first solo trip um as well as a result mm. of like just final year what was really mm. but that happened and then I started thinking okay I'm finishing this degree now what next you know am I going to fashion school and I don't know whether I felt like because you've become an accountant you can't just go into fashion okay. yeah you know you felt like it was a big maybe yeah. yeah I feel like you know I'm not even really a fashion girl mm. I was like I, I like fashion I'm interested in fashion mm. I follow so many fashion pages that's when yeah. I started following like Fisayo yes, um, yes, yes and all of that but of Kai Collective yeah, yeah. and I, but I didn't really see myself so I was like okay the next thing I'll do or the natural path my parents suggested of course mm. was you know <laughs> go and get your accounting qualification you know make this thing real I was like mm. I just did three years it's <laughs> real this is real this degree this certificate is real um but they were like no you know at least this way you get to see if you actually want to become an accountant because getting the qualification required me to actually not just go again and study but actually work as an accountant so that was the process and along the path which is very interesting so i think the main things that i got from those sort of my accounting journey so far Mm. was traveling um, because it was such an outlet for me. It was my quote unquote release because Mm. I think it was... um, Oh, I can't remember. It was someone on your podcast, actually. Mm. Oh, that... it's traveling. It might have been Hannah Adrala. Yes, Possibly. I think it was Hannah that said, yeah. you know, traveling is like when you've been holding your breath for such a long yes, time. Yes, And yes. you finally breathe Exhale. out. Yeah, and yeah. that's how, you know, I really got into it because accounting was so tasking, both my day job mm. and then studying for the qualification mm. that I needed something. Mm. And I had found it from final year and then you know, I continued doing that as I started working. And then mm. also Save, Spend, Invest was born oh. because 
I was in the profession of helping businesses with money. Yes. And I thought, this makes sense for businesses. I'm always looking for ways to help them grow their income mm. and make sure that, you know, they're maximizing their sales and things like that. Mm. Um, and I was like, why aren't we doing this personally? <laughs> like, us. why? Yeah, yeah, like, why am I not trying to control my spending mm. and increase my income? That's essentially my job. Mm. Like, that's what I do. Mm. Um, and again, that interest was born out of, okay, I'm going to start doing this for myself mm. and see how it goes. And I think when I started that and then I combined it with like traveling because I think my post on uh like when I traveled and I missed yeah. my flights and I started talking about emergency funds and yeah. you know thank goodness I have an emergency fund and people were like what is what's that? an emergency <laughs> fund? <laughs> what, you know well, let me tell you yeah mm. and that was how the interest was born so mm. in a nutshell it's been a really up and down journey mm. but I mm. you know two beautiful beautiful things have yeah. come out of it and I'm really really grateful so yeah. you know if I could do it again maybe not <laughs> you know <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> the fruits there. Though. But yeah, yeah, the fruits that it has bought. You know, I'm yeah. really, really grateful. That's beautiful. Do you know what I find interesting? That you, you said this a little bit earlier. You said ever since you were young, you were kind of counting money, yeah. and you had this thing about you that you just always loved money, right? And I think that when it comes to women and money, I think a lot of how we relate with money as adults relates with um, how we were taught. You know, yeah. what we learned when we were children. Um, I think about the way I grew up, and I think about certain you know attitudes towards money such as maybe a feeling of scarcity we don't have enough or we do have a lot but no one tells me that we have a lot you know just different kind of attitudes and different learnings that you pick up when you're growing up I think have a huge impact on the way that you relate with money today so I'm interested growing up aside from you know being the person that's counting the change and everything uh, in terms of the way you used money and like your your financial habits um what was your relationship with money like and what influence do you think your upbringing had on that definitely (laughs) my parents my parents again typical African parents uh you know in very corporate jobs my Mm. dad works at in insurance and then my mom was into like pensions which is and then she went into insurance as well so she followed him yeah (laughs) and then I mean now she's older she's like traveling and has a consultancy business and just living the best life (laughs) I do actually you really do um (laughs) But yeah, I think because of that, you know, sort of their personas, um, they always had a very uh, interesting relationship with money. I, I, I won't say actually a good relationship with money. Okay. And they almost passed that down, not consciously, mm. but for example, they would tell us things like, oh, we're not we're not rich, we're comfortable. Okay. Um, but my dad will always say, you know, if you believe in God and you work hard, there's mm. nothing that you can't get. Mm. And sort of money is no object, which wasn't mm. a means for us to just recklessly ask for things sure. or just spend because there was always a consequence behind the actions. But mm. I think very quickly as we were growing up, we just sort of learned how to take care of money. Mm. And we saw how my parents also, you know, treated money. Like my mm. parents were very generous. Okay. Um, even when quote unquote we I didn't feel like we had a lot mm. you know they were always still open to giving mm. and I saw the effect that had in terms of you know how the bible says you know good measure pressed down yes, it yeah. will also it would come back to you mm, um 
So I think I picked up a lot of habits from them, even in terms of like investments. I remember when my dad mm. got into like real estate and mm. he would take us to see different properties. I mean, mm. we were probably like 10, 11, just thinking like- So this like, was in Nigeria. Yeah. 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 And we are just thinking like, oh, are we moving again? But then, <laughs> you know, a couple of months and yeah, we wouldn't move in. Or we, or, but we would go and see the property mm. and I'm like, where are the people in our house, dad? <laughs> you know, what is going on? They're making us money. How do you? Yeah, but it wasn't until I was much older and I started understanding like oh these are the things he was putting mm. in place to secure a future mm. um, and you know when he was telling us you know one would ask for like ridiculous things as kids would ask for he would be like you know not now mm. or you know rather than giving you you know this thing that you want I'll give you a little bit of it just mm. teaching us how to appreciate money yeah. make the most of what we have mm. try and control your spending habits if it mm. gives us like a thousand naira mm. to go to the movies don't spend it all kind okay. of thing yeah. or yeah. even if you're going to like make sure you stretch it out rather than mm. just spend it on one thing mm. Mm. and so that was how I grew up and I think that's how my money habits sort of you know they definitely came from them yeah so you learned to kind of budget and yeah and just begin to think of how money can work for you yeah. from a young age Absolutely. that's key that's key and that's it's inspiring to be honest because it just makes you when you look back in retrospect it makes you think okay when i'm given the opportunity to be a parent i now recognize Absolutely. how influential the way i talk about money yeah. the way I relate with my children about our finances can affect them so that's that's major i love that um we're gonna focus more on money in a bit don't worry we're gonna get yeah. all the way into it we're gonna go into your bag um but before we do that seeing as we are still in the month of january and mm-hmm. everyone's still to a certain extent in that reflection kind of phase that you know there's still vision board parties happening and whatnot yeah. and planning forward i think it's still a key time for us to reflect a little bit and i know that earlier when i saw you we were talking a little bit about 2019 yeah. um i know for many people it was a major year for different reasons um and of course as i said it was in 2019 that you know a lot of what you were writing on social media and and even speaking about on your podcast was resonating with me so i want to delve a little bit deeper into looking backwards um and i'd like to start by asking you first of all how was your 2019 for you how was 2019 as a year for bookie 2019 was it was challenging um it was purposeful Mm. and it was painful Mm. I feel like 2019 was the year of growing pains it was a lot of realizing like oh so this is what it means to trust god mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is what this is what it means to be an adult this is what this is what loyalty means in friendship this is what you know when people are talking about their future life this is what they mean when they say start young start early um and i realized so many key things about mm-hmm. myself um especially about myself because i feel like 20 19 was the year I did deep work okay. on me and that mm. you know we're so good at taking care of other people mm. and helping other people become the best version of themselves mm. even as creatives even as you know podcast hosts we're yep. giving out so much yeah. that we have to sometimes just pause and be like what is inside of me like mm-hmm. how am I getting fed yeah. um and so 2019 was when I realized like you know what I don't have a couple of things I thought that I needed to have that were key in place things like mentors or Mm. really strong pillars I felt like you know what if things are falling which I think a lot of things Mm -hmm. fell (laughs) in my life in 2019 I feel like if you had more of these pillars Mm. that wouldn't be the case Mm. um 
and some of it was like work related some of it was personal mm. but i think overall my theme was like growing pains yes. there were necessary things i had to go mm. through to make me better mm. um and it was one of those i'm gonna cry through it god mm. but i know that at the end of the day yeah you're gonna be like it was worth it yes. yeah 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 when when you think about 2019 and, and you mentioned that, you know, it was growing pains and there was a lot that you learned about yourself. How much of the learnings do you think were intentional? So so did you, I doubt it, but um, because no one really wants to go through no. the learning, right? But did you kind of sit through 2019 and think, okay, I'm going to delve deeper. Was it an in- intent to do the work or was it so, was it more so that, life forced you to learn those lessons if that makes any sense do you know what I mean so you talked about kind of recognizing that okay I need mentors and I need this and I need these different pillars was that just you being intentional about these are things I want to have or was it more so okay life is making me grow up in these different kind of ways it was definitely life it Mm. was that you know I always say you know I've gone through this school of hard knocks Mm. you know Mm -hmm. um life experience with the PhD (laughs) um because 2019 was the first year I had no goals Mm. I've always been a planner, go-getter, mm. I'm the person with the vision board, vision boards, um, <laughs> you know, being accountable and, you know, be, try to be on track with my goals and stuff. But mm. I don't know, from the back end of 2018, especially how amazing 2018 was for me, mm. um, you know, going into 2019, I just almost felt like I'm not going to plan anything. Yeah. Like, God, what are you really saying this year? Like, I'm just going to put feet to faith mm. and actually go, you know, blind trust. Like, I'm just walking, God, you know, you're the one that's leading me. If I'm going to go right or left, that's all on you. And that had some wisdom to it. <laughs> but then I also Kinda realized <laughs> that... <laughs> Walking blind is not fun. It's not. It's not. And, you know, there's a reason why the Bible does say to write the vision, Mm. you know. So I feel like what I wanted to do, the the thought in Mm. in itself was good in that, you know, God went, you know, wherever you want to take me. But also, you know, and I only realized this probably either late last year, beginning of this year even, I was Mm. like, you know, there is a reason why the Bible says write the vision, Mm -hmm. that he Mm. who sees it may run. Mm -hmm. If I had no vision, which I didn't, I had Mm. no plan, no Mm. goal, no, you know, I didn't even have a structure of what I wanted my year to look like. It was literally like, hmm. I'm just going to take it. <laughs> However, it was at wow. the time I was doing it, it yeah. felt like what I was supposed to be doing. Sure. You know, yeah. and now that I'm reflecting on it, I'm like, it it didn't go bad, mm. but I definitely would have had some plans. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, I think it's like a, you sort of learn that there's there's levels to the extremes, if you know what yes. I mean. It's, it's this whole faith thing. Yeah. It's so hard to navigate sometimes because it's like, if I plan too much, surely I'm not exercising mm. faith, but then I need to plan because the Bible also says faith without works is dead. Is dead so right. it's like, God, in what sense am I co-laboring with you here? Like yep. how much should I be yep. involved in this process and how much do I sit back and let you take control? Exactly. So it's it's like learning a new dance. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's no ultimately right or wrong way you could have done 2019. What it was, was what it needed to be yep. to bring Absolutely. you to where you are. So, um, one of the things that I found interesting about 2019 is 
the rise of people talking about finances. And I know it's been happening, especially because you've been in the world for so much longer. So I'm sure to you, it's probably like, girl, I've been talking about this since. Tw- I've been trying to <laughs> tell everyone to get you. Exactly. <laughs> to get your investment your, yeah. <laughs> But for the rest of us, 2019, there was definitely a huge surge. Um, yeah. The amount of people that were screaming, secure the bag um, and just get your money in order, right? Mm. It was it was just insane. Um but one of the things that I find interesting about even the term secure the bag is I think that that looks different to many different people. Absolutely. So securing the bag for one person is being able to buy a house and yeah. being financially independent. In that sense, securing the bag for another is being with a sugar daddy <laughs> that, will now. Help, that will help you with yep. his money, right? So yep. it, it looks different for many people. So I'm interested to know, to know for you, what does financial freedom look like to you? So when, when someone says, I want to be financially free, I, my goal is to become financially free. When you're thinking about yourself, what does that look like for you? What does financial freedom look like? It's interesting because I actually got asked this question, I think, two days ago. Oh, wow. And I realised that my answer has changed so much off the back of 2019. Because for the longest time, and I think that it happens for most people where it's like you have an amount Mm. of money in your head that you feel like you need to make before your life looks, quote unquote, lit. Mm. Or you feel like I need to be earning X amount to be able to live my best life. Mm. But in actual fact and would have actually realized is we're not chasing money per se Mm. it's time Mm. it's time that we're chasing you want to be rid of your employer so you can travel more you want to be getting home early so you can spend more time with your family you Mm. want to do the things that bring you joy you know Mm. you have so many especially like creatives and passionate people say Mm. things like i don't care about the money i'm just happy doing what i love Mm. to do and in that sense you realize that to be honest, most of us are chasing time, mm. not necessarily money. Money is a means mm. to an end. That said, though, <laughs> because that said. if we, I mean, mm. ultimately, money is still the means to an end. So, mm-hmm. financial freedom for me is just being financially independent, where I don't have to work, mm. but I would always be working, yeah, um, in some form or the other, whether I'm making money per se mm. or not from it, but just having the option mm. of I want to go and do a day job because I mm. you know I've, I've seen people who like Oprah is financially independent but she works yeah she's still getting she's the not bag stopping anytime soon. you know yeah, yeah. Bill Gates he still works he's yeah. still getting the bag yeah. Jeff Bezos is still the CEO yeah. of Amazon mm. but these are all financially independent people mm. um so for me I you know that is getting to that point where I I am choosing to work mm. on things that I am passionate about and mm. committed to without financial restrictions, without thinking mm-hmm. like, what's my salary going to be? Can mm. I afford to do the things I actually want to do? Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that's that's probably more important than just yeah. like a figure that yes. you know I've previously had in my head. Yeah. No, I love that you said that. I think I think options for me. You know, you talked about the freedom to do what you want to do. Yeah. I think when I think about financial freedom for myself, it's being able to exploit is quite an aggressive word, but exploit my options. Yeah, it's not being limited to we have to go here on holiday, for example, exactly. or, or we have to, I have to take my children, my children have to go to this school because that's the only school we can afford. Yeah. For me, financial freedom is knowing that I, I have my options, uh, you know, and I'm not limited in that sense. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And I hope everyone's writing down different ways Taking to secure notes. the bag, okay? Because <laughs> there's so much more to it than what we just see online. Um, but as I was saying, as I said, you know, there's been a huge uprise in terms of people talking about finances and in particular women and even more specifically, I would say black women actually in the last few years. And 
I'm so happy it's happening. It's it's a great time to be alive, right? Yeah. Um, why do you think we are speaking more as women about our finances so openly? And also, why do you think it's important um, that we have these kind of conversations? That's a good question. Um, I think mm. women, over the last couple of years, we've, we've seen a surge in women's empowerment and feminism, mm. inequality, mm. gender pay gap, all of these sort of topics. Mm. Um, and a lot of them have been towards like body confidence and, you know, feeling good in your skin, yeah. feeling good about, you know, where you come from. Mm. Or childbirth. Or childbirth. Yeah. 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 And even a lot of them have been career oriented in terms mm. of, you know, women are breaking glass ceilings women are raising Mm. x amounts of money Mm. women are starting more businesses women are being more promoted and with all of that it's like okay but a key theme and I think a life skill Mm. or lesson is financial education Mm. it's like you cannot secure the bag without being the bag yourself you know and part of being the bag is making sure that you are financially literate Mm. you know and so I have met one or two female CEOs who earn so much money and they just don't know what to do with it Mm. you know and it's actually tragic when you think about that there's not much of a difference between someone who earns 50k and Mm. you know and spends i don't know 49k Mm. and someone that earns 200k and spends 199k like Mm. there's little to no difference right Mm. at the end of the day both of them are still broke yeah 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 so how much you make yeah absolutely and so i feel like a lot of women are now realizing like oh we actually do have to start putting something away Mm. we actually have to start thinking you know like steve harvey says think like a man yeah genuinely um and then what was the second question um why do you think it's important that we have these conversations like why is it now a great time for us to be talking openly about money especially as black women Mm. um i don't even need to necessarily say women black people you know because historically speaking and traditionally whether you're from an african Caribbean background or even African-American um, we don't talk about money yeah. generally speaking yeah. you know amongst us there might be an element of shame or there's an taboo. element of exactly yeah. taboo. there's often a scarcity mindset as well yeah. of if we talk about how much we're making you know people will begin to use us and take advantage etc so there's all these different kind of behaviors that many people within the black community have grown up with mm. and now I would say more than ever there's access to have these conversations, the events that we're having, podcasts like your yeah. own, um, conversation we're having today. So why do you think it's important that we are having these conversations? I think because, especially our generation, we're trying to break the cycle that our parents came from. Mm. You know, a lot of the poverty and scarcity mindsets are things that they've just only known Mm. and the sort of life that we live in today the privilege that most of us have actually have access to more than we realize we're like we need to do something different and it's a culture thing because i look at other races and the way they're they're actually intentionally taught about money you know Mm. i have asian friends Mm. who their parents have told them how much they quote unquote need to live a successful life i have you know caucasian friends who know they have a trust fund but at (laughs) the same time it means you know their trust fund is only secure if they're doing well Mm. or you know it's like oh this person's going to take over daddy's business someday Mm. and so Mm. you need to get your head well screwed on you can't come and squander the money that i've been you know we've Mm. been building as a legacy Mm. whereas the the black community i feel like we're not taught that um because it's just not what we've known we've Mm. always just been trying to hustle 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 like Mm. i think 
I mean, Asians can hustle, but the yeah. black community... That's all we know. Can that's all, literally, all we know is hard work. That's all we know is hustling. Mm, and mm-hmm. I feel like we're almost the first generation to be like, there's more to life than hustling. Mm. And we want to do things differently. And we don't all want to work you know, for one employer until yeah. we're 70. We don't yeah. all want to be earning minimum wage until mm. we're 40. Mm. We want to do better for ourselves and yeah. for our future. Mm. And the way that we can do that is by getting a financial education. Mm. And so these conversations have been such a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the fact that people are also now becoming vocal about it mm. um, and becoming um, more transparent and saying, you know what, guys, this is how, like, you know, Patricia's video on how she was budgeting her salary yeah. that's something you wouldn't have seen even five years ago yeah true you know and other people mm. coming out to teach people about mm. how they made money this mm. is how i did it this is how mm. you can do it too that's something we've just never seen before mm. but you know the, the society that we live in now especially you know social media yeah. and things like that is make is making people in one way transparent yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's also giving people access to seeing actually you can live mm. a life that you want to live yeah. if you actually just learn how to manage your money yeah yeah, yeah. no that's powerful i definitely th- agree with what you're saying about social media yeah. i think that's played a huge 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 role Absolutely. a huge role because we have access to the information yep. previously when so if someone said to you improve your financial literacy the first thing you're probably thinking is do i need to go to a library do yeah. i need to do i need to study you know do i need to actually go through an educational kind of format but now you can literally log on to instagram quite literally yep. or do a an online webinar or a course or something like that um through social media so that's super key um talking about our age group and you know as millennials and, yeah um if i don't to be honest i actually don't think we're technically millennials i think we're actually a different generation i no, can't I'm remember a millennial. are you a millennial? I'm a millennial well my bad i don't think i'm a millennial <laughs> i'm gonna show my no, age no you're, you're a millennial I'm, are you sure you're yeah, 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 I'm sure. 28 is no, that a millennial yeah, yeah, yeah. okay cool okay you're i'll take girl. it okay. i'm trying to age myself <laughs> someone was like you're not a millennial you're like z generation no. y and i was like oh. no 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 no, oh, no. So offended. Still. So let me in the cool cool kids club man but yeah so us millennials um of course like like we've said we're talking about money more and more however with all the conversation that we are having we do still have our struggles you know many of us are still many people are still living you know from paycheck to paycheck in our overdraft um we're not seeing necessarily that fruit exactly that we'd like to see so with like your expertise from a professional perspective and then also what you do through the podcast and different conversations you have, of course, I know you go to quite a few different events and you've done your own. What do you think are some of the biggest maybe mistakes um, or misconceptions that we millennials have towards money? Kind of what, what are the most popular mistakes that you see that we tend to make or mistakes in terms of thinking about money? Um, what what kind of stands out to you and what tends to occur when you're talking to young people, people our age, um, that want to improve our money, but there's always something in the way. And what does that tend to look mm. like? I think we're a generation of, you know, we're called the microwave generation, mm. which sucks. And I actually hate that we're called that, but it <laughs> is true. Yeah. And I feel like because we're so instantly gratified in so many areas of our lives, mm. you know, because of Amazon Prime, yep. we're gratified. We, we want yep. music. We can listen to it now. Yep. We want Asos to watch a movie. Yeah. 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 You know, we have 
basically nearly all of our lives been instantly gratified mm. and then when it comes to money it's like oh i've been investing for the last two weeks am i rich now <laughs> checking money box yeah like, I, yeah it's like oh have i made it now it's yeah. like no that's not how it works mm. like money is probably the only thing mm. that you don't get instant gratification mm-hmm. from and i think that's mm. where a lot of people miss it because Every other thing we do, we're on such a high. Like, I buy things from Amazon Prime, and I kid you not, in 12 hours, like, I sleep and wake up, and they're knocking on my door, and I'm like, how? And <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, and because you have things like that, and you're so used to it, mm. that you apply it to money. And when you're not seeing results the same way, you know, you get demotivated. Yeah. Like, money is actually not one of those things that make you excited. Maybe having money in the bank makes you excited, but mm. investing is not very exciting. Mm. Putting money mm. away is not very exciting. Mm. Spending money is very exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but... You actually know, keeping but it. But keeping it yeah. is more important, and that's yeah. what a lot of people fail to realise. It's like, mm. once you push past your uncomfortability mm. of, you know... It's a little bit of... Yeah, of being uncomfortable, mm. you know, of saying I'm gonna say no to something. Mm. Like I'm actually not going to say yes to every enjoyment. <laughs> it's a problem with I'm us. I'm not gonna eat out. This I'm just one not time, going to say yes to every do you not, single do you not thing. Think it's harder because of social media. Now, now it is. St- okay, it is. I was gonna say stick with me with this, but Absolutely. you see where I'm going. It's harder because it's like. But I'm seeing images of everybody else enjoying having con- fun constantly, or the appearance yeah. that people are having fun constantly. So it's like, why can't I have my fun? Yeah. Why can't I go? Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say bizarre, but that's not even expensive. <laughs> Gachos or something like that. Why can't I go sexy yeah. fish or whatever they call it? Yeah, it you know? definitely plays a huge part, and I feel like that's where mindset comes in, mm. and that's where a lot of people also miss it because they just think like, I have self control, like you know, I'm sure by the time I'm getting to the end of the month. Mm. You know, I start controlling my money better or my mind would readjust in terms mm. of make better. De- like how many people say to themselves, okay, this month was terrible. Mm-hmm. Make better decisions next, next month. month. And you get yeah. to this next month and you're doing it again yeah. because yeah. your mindset isn't right because you actually haven't thought about the long-term mm. effect of your spending. No mm. one is thinking five years, 10 years, mm. 20 years. You know, what mm. am I going to... Um, be doing mm. in, in that time and, and that's where a lot of young people get it wrong and like even for me sometimes mm. I know that for my sanity and for the sanity of my bank account <laughs> I just need to log off Instagram yeah yeah or it's just even just say no because even if I log off Instagram and my friends want to you know check in mm. or catch up mm. that's another like 20 20 20 20 mm. 20 20 20 pounds <laughs> you know and I, I remember when I it was like 2016 or 17 I started practicing saying no in front of the mirror you, you started early right I, Oh my gosh. I had to because you know it, my salary was now you see now you don't. Yeah. And I was like, I was like I don't like this feeling. Like no. I can't match I you can't guys' do lifestyle it. right now. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. You know yeah. so I think very very early on mm. I had to practice saying like my friends know me now like I'm so shameless. I just tell them like I yeah. can't afford it. No. Like it's not that's in my so budget good. for this month. So Can I move it to next month? And yeah. that's something that I feel like we struggle with mm. is saying no, no. because mm. I feel like just that hurdle alone. Like the first time I said it to a friend and I already even like came up with all the explanations. She was mm. like, oh, it's fine. I was like, <laughs> like, it's not the end of the world. It's really not. Whatever you know, it is, it's not the, the end of the world. Like worst yeah. case scenario, it will be on Instagram and you will feel bad. But then log off Instagram. You'll be fine. Yeah. You know, like yeah. 
it will you would be better for it the next month and the next year and the next 10 years of your life you know so when everybody else is stunting Mm. you know you can take rest in the fact that you know what it's cool because i you know my own time Mm. will come and yeah you're comfortable just because you even have the money Mm. doesn't even mean you need to spend it 100 percent, right um and i think also sorry to cut you there but i think also knowing that not everyone that appears to have it even has it yes this is something that a lot of young people fall into the trap Mm. of Everybody's buying Balenciaga. Everybody's mm, buying mm, Bottega. Mm, everybody's buying Dior. And you think in. like, oh, everybody's getting the bag. <laughs> we think every. So yeah. I'm sure you've heard. You're on Twitter, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. So I'm sure you've kind of heard this rhetoric, which is that like on Twitter, everyone's salary is like 50k. Oh and my up. goodness. <laughs> because yes. if you look at tweets, it sounds like everyone is making literally, and it's just like, no, where it's is like, this money really coming from? Honestly, so, and that's where you can't you can't take things at face value yeah. and you can't also be very naive because some ways and some people's ways are not legit. Yeah. Some yeah. people are actually Speak spending money they don't have. Yeah. They're not going to tell you that yeah. they bought that bag on the credit card yeah. that they can't pay off yeah. and they keep avoiding the and bank. they have to open another credit card. Yeah. Next, you yeah. know, some of these lifestyles that we quote unquote aspire to mm. that we call, you know, hashtag goals, mm. They're really not your goals because <laughs> if you want that to take no on goal. their debt, yeah. then that's a different kind yeah. of hustle that you're hustling to pay that off. Girl, you better preach. But that's not what people are trying to see. They're just yeah. like, leave me alone. I want to just get Bottega. <laughs> I want to get Dior. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you can get those things. Yeah. Like, wait. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I found that waiting, even though it's such a gruesome process and mm. it's like, oh my gosh, I just want this now. Mm. But there's... This feeling of like gratification, gratification yeah. that happens when you actually wait for something. Yeah. Like even just traveling, mm. you know, and you're, you're saving, saving, saving to travel and then you finally get to your destination. Mm. This The gratitude you feel, mm. like, wow. The woosah is intense. Yeah, like, you know, I was happy that this is happening yeah. now because... I, you know, I didn't go and eat away this travel from yes. Nando's, for example. Yes. I didn't buy a new weave. That's yes. why we're here. Like, let's be honest. I, I re-dyed my wig so that <laughs> I could afford know, to go on yeah. holiday, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, yeah. and, I, and I definitely think that that's something that um, people don't know. And that the last thing I was actually Dream. going to say, which is my focus for this year, is accountability. Mm. Okay. Because sometimes you have the discipline and you have the mindset mm. and you have the, okay, I know what I want and I'm going to go for it. But you don't have accountability and so when Mm. you fall or when you slip up or when you don't hit a goal and you're Mm. demotivated and Mm. you decide to quit Mm. there's no one there to hold your hand there's no one there to cheer you on there's no one there to tell you you know what it's okay it's part of the journey or okay actually how about you know this has happened that's fine but Mm. next month let's do Do this this, next year let's plan for this next six months let's review this and Mm. find you extra ways to do this and that Mm. and that's something that young people lack you know part of your um was it your last one that you talked about um, having mentors relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah relationships yeah. like these are the people in your life that actually yeah. speak wisdom and mm. as young people i feel like we don't appreciate that enough and mm. we don't get enough of just asking people like hey i'm you know i want to do better with my finances this mm. year can you help me out mm. you know i want to be accountable to someone you know would you be my accountability partner mm. yeah that's beautiful i love that you said that i really do because i think i think as young people sometimes we struggle with that vulnerability because yeah. you know we want to appear that we've got everything together so no one wants to Girl. say look y'all i'm broke yeah i know i look like i got it all going together <laughs> but i'm broke and have me you know but there's freedom when we all speak the truth yeah. so no yeah. definitely um as you're here, I think it would only be right for you to empower the people a bit more in terms of finances, right? Because we've spoken about misconceptions and mistakes. Yeah. So in terms of the things that we can do and the things that we should be doing, um, 
a big buzzword obviously in the world of finances is investments and we've already said it quite a few different times now and I think there's more knowledge growing around what investments even are what they can look like uh, whether that's property whether Mm -hmm. it's shares and bonds you know whatever it might be um, we're growing a bit more privy to the different options that are available. Yeah. But I think for many of us, when we hear the word investment or, okay, I want to start investing, it can sound very intimidating because it's like, where do I even begin? So I want to talk to the beginner. Yeah. Um, for someone that is in that position and they're thinking, okay, I've been able to save a certain amount of money. You know, I have a steady income or whatever it may be. How? What are some simple ways that I can start to invest and I can start to make my money make me money? Yeah. That's so good. And that I love that you actually brought that up first because I was I thought you were gonna say budgeting mm. and I was gonna be like, that's important, but you know what? Yeah. Investing is most important. I've been learning. I've been reading most and listening. important. Yeah. When your money is making you money. Yes. yes. There is nothing better than that. This um is it. and yeah, I think the most basic thing, and people get shocked when I say this, but sometimes just go to your bank. Mm, go to your local mm. bank and actually tell them, you know, I'm trying to invest. But the first thing I say is you need to know your risk personality. Okay. Because sometimes you might even talk to your bankers and they're throwing gibberish at you. You just need to tell them, hold on. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> you know, break it down to me. So Layman's the first term. thing you want yeah. to do is really just either go online and take a risk personality test or just go to your bank mm. and tell them you're looking to invest. Okay. And you want to know, you know, what investment is right for you. And they'll get you to fill a questionnaire. That is the most basic thing mm. anyone can do. And I found that that is even just something a boundary in itself mm. that when you do it and you actually know like oh i'm actually a little bit of a you know medium to high risk person mm. based on my personality type um that actually makes me feel good you mm. know and then you start to see the options that you have mm. and to be very honest you do have to do some research i feel like telling yeah. people that always puts them off but it's like there's nothing in life that you're not going to have yeah. to read about right do your Googles. if you're going to buy new skincare you mm. go and do your research if you're going to go to a new job you're going to do your research so mm. of course something as important as your finances, you got to do the work. Yep, yep. It's you your know, money. So, so, yeah, it's your money. You mm. you should know what you're putting it into. Mm. Um, and so you have to do some research on what your banker has told you. Okay. And then, you know, start speaking. I, I usually tell people, speak to people who you know have already started investing. Most mm. of us know at least one person mm. who is like, oh, you know, you're good with money, right? You, you started doing this investment thing that mm. people speak about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one really knows what it no is. No one knows. But we know you make it sad. <laughs> Yeah, it's like yeah. you're doing something right. Yeah, you know, yeah. yesterday you were driving. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, uh, a the little car, you, yeah. a little Toyota. Now you're on a BM. Like, <laughs> what you doing, girl? <laughs> you know, speak to someone, mm. um, and or speak to me. Like, I'm very mm. open. I love talking to people about it. And mm. what I'd usually do is just refer you to, like, based on your risk personality type. I can say, okay, there's like Hargraves Lansdowne. Hargraves Lansdowne is a lifesaver when okay. it comes to investing because, in fact. Everything you probably want to read, you can read on Hargreaves Lansdowne. Okay. Like everything about shares, about bonds, about mm. probably risk personality types, about how long should I invest? How much mm. can I start with? Um, mm. Truth be told, you can start with £10. Okay. Truth be told. Okay. Okay. So it is like investing is so beginner friendly. You just mm. have to come out of that 
uncomfortable place. Mm. And because sometimes people feel like, oh, but I'm parting with, you know, a hundred pounds or a thousand pounds. And it's like, but it's an investment. It's going Mm. to make you more. Um, And, and, you know, I always tell people, you know, start with an amount that you might not feel that first month. Or if you already Mm. have some savings that you've actually just been wanting to put in, Mm. then start with that amount. But Mm. you can only do that once you've done your research. So Mm. go on Hargraves Lansdowne. Mm. Speak to me. Speak to someone else that you know and be like, what are you investing into? Mm. I've actually been looking into this. And then if it's right for you, then you can also then do it. Like I like mm. holding people's hands and seeing like, oh, I've just put in my first thousand pounds into Hargraves. Oh, um, or, mm-hmm. you know, just matching what mm. they're interested in. Some people feel like, oh, I don't want to do the whole shares thing. Okay, okay. but I want to be a property investor. Mm. Um, you don't need to own a property to be a property investor these days. You can, mm. you know, do crowdfunding properties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and things like that but and that's when you essentially share the cost of, yeah, of the house with other exactly. people yeah. and you can yeah. start to increase your shares over time and therefore you can even at the end of the day actually end up buying the whole property mm. but mm. whatever works for you I think the first step is just know like yeah. know what works for you know the kind of investor that you are yeah. and then take it from there that's good that's yeah. good another way that I think um we are taught at the moment that we can build our income or we can build how much money we have is by having multiple streams of income. Yes, girl. So we know multiple streams of revenue, as the Americans will say revenue, um, (laughs) is a huge buzzword and it's something that's been going around for a very long time. And I think more and more people are, for that reason, beginning to own the idea of a side hustle, Mm. right? And um, I do think there's a weird negative side to it in that um, as more people have become so set on a side hustle there sometimes is negative talk about a nine to five mm, right and i'm sure you yes. see this as well you know people yes. like oh the nine to five is is the thing that you do. your Don't salary work, is what you, they pay you yeah. to be for you to be a slave you know all these yeah, different things yeah. but yeah essentially people have started to demonize nine to fives but there is still value in having a side hustle mm-hmm. right so how important in this day and age you know you know the the financial landscape probably more than anyone at this point because it's your career and it's also something you're passionate about. How important is it in 2020 for us to have multiple streams of income? Can we just rely on a salary? Say it's a great salary, for example. If I'm making like 100K, do I really need to have a yeah. side And I know what you're going to say, but I just want to say questions people might have, you know, that are listening. So how, how important is it for us to have multiple streams of income, especially as um, young people today? I think it's important, but I think that where people get it wrong is, are you having multiple streams of income Mm. or are you having multiple streams of hustle? Mm. Right? Because Mm -hmm. there are people who don't want a job when they come back from their nine to five. Mm. Like, truth be told, they just want to go home and chill. They want to work very hard during the day and not have to work very hard during the night. And I feel like a lot of people with side hustles have almost glorified it too much and it's Mm. like it is tiring people Mm. don't tell you that it Mm. takes out of you sometimes it even affects your day job i actually Mm. know of someone who got kicked out of their day job because they weren't paying enough attention to that they were focusing all their time on their side income Mm. and at the time it was like oh great you know now i can do my side income full time (laughs) now i can be the entrepreneur yeah but then once they started they realized how hard it was they realized you know 
oh, my sick days are not paid anymore. <laughs> when I don't feel like going to work, you know, or if I want to work from home, the reality mm. kicks in and that's what a lot of people don't talk about. So mm. I think what I personally have been more focused on is multiple income, okay. which comes from investments. Okay. So I know, for example, someone who is like a top executive and he does not want a side hustle. He, doesn't have he wants <laughs> a side income. And yes. so what he did was, what and what a lot of people would do is go into you know like property that can give mm. you um rental income mm-hmm. or buy shares that can give you dividends mm. or other investments that you get mm. back a return from mm. and you're still making more money which i think is so important everybody absolutely needs to have multiple income yeah but doesn't it to be a hustle doesn't it to be another you know nine you know five to nine mm. or whatever they say not necessarily not necessarily yeah. you know and yeah. so i i want to always tell people like don't feel pressured to quote-unquote have a job outside your job you mm. can have just your job mm. you know but be more focused on okay how do i then make the money from that job work harder for me yeah. so that i even have more That's because good. you should always have more than one coming in yes absolutely yeah. for the sake of security yes, right? yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. there is no job security literally some of us are thinking nigeria will you take us back or not like Listen. canada like we were saying it's, it's a rough time now i think what's key and what you said ultimately is is passive income essentially yeah. Yeah. you know it's the idea of your money making money while you sleep yeah or you, you don't necessarily your your other stream of income doesn't necessarily, like like I said, have to be a hustle. It doesn't have to be something yes. that you are necessarily, like, you know, staying up late, yeah. working on another, I don't know, music career or another yeah. podcast. Or Those things are great. Yeah. Um, and if that's what you want to do, then fine. Like, I actually mm, like doing my podcast in the yeah. evening. I like having things to do when I'm home. Like, yeah. I like being busy. Yeah. But it's completely fine if you want to Netflix and chill. Like, <laughs> completely fine. Absolutely fine. No, I'm glad you said that. Um, we're going to kind of sign step a little bit into talking all things travel which of course is one of our favorite topics so (laughs) one of the things that kind of drew me to you is you know many people travel but not many people solo travel Mm, in my opinion um (laughs) (laughs) sounds so elitist um but i i love when i see someone solo traveling because it's something that i enjoy massively to the point that even if i'm not on holiday and i'm seeing you solo travel it's giving me joy because i'm living vicariously through you you know i'm aware that you traveled recently I, I believe um, some of your solo trips this year included New York. I believe New York was actually not solo. Oh, was it not? Oh, where was I? Okay. Well, I was just standing in the New York trip, so we'll throw that in there. But I believe it's to Nice as well. Yeah, right? yeah. South so of exactly, oh. which looked stunning. The little bit that you've shown, um, and there's probably many other solo trips you've been on. So first of all, what has been your favorite solo trip so far? Oh, favorite solo trip so far. Wow, I did a solo trip to New York. It wasn't last year. And I feel like that was probably my... I don't know, though, because South of France was so important and mm. so deep for me mm. uh, you know what i'd go with south of france because yeah. that had such a deeper meaning and that was the first time that i went on a solo trip and 
you know, actually made real connections with mm. people. That was the first time I solo tripped and left my phone in my hostel. Wow. Like, I was like, big. you know what? We're really going to do this. Wow. Like the old fashioned way. How did you get around without Google Maps? I was, so I, I literally, I, I forced myself to talk to people. So wow. before I'd leave, I would ask like the hotel staff or the Airbnb mm. um, host and say like, you know, I'm trying to get here. And they'll tell me, you know, I don't know, keep walking straight for the next 20 minutes. But mm. along the way, I'd like, go into a shop and ask yeah. so I always had things that I wanted to do or places that mm. I wanted to visit mm. but it just pushed me to get out of my own self mm. and stop looking down mm. and actually speak to people mm. and it's amazing the conversations that you have you know I met a yeah. guy um, in Monaco when I was in the south we did like a tour and he he had just sold his business that he was mm. working on in Australia oh wow um, you know so we, we started speaking about startups and I don't even wow. know how we ended up you know talking about faith and you know him finding god in terms of um when he was trying to sell his business because Mm. it was so personal for him and you know if to do it if to not do it Mm. and it was something that he'd been working on for 10 years that he almost felt like where is my life going to go Mm. but i know that that conversation would have never happened had i had a phone with me yeah you know so those sort of conversations or even just talking about I don't know, just listen to someone else's story. You know, there was this couple that were talking about, you know, their sort of up and down love story, but it was so Mm. beautiful. Mm. You know, and I really allowed myself to be present again in a way that having a phone just wouldn't have made you do because you'd have been too busy trying to maybe even like, record them or something yeah yeah like yeah that. that's true you know just like, get guys, your... look what just happened yeah, yeah you know we'll be like oh you moment. guys you know tell them what you just told me yeah <laughs> it's like and then no. it just ruins the moment yeah, it's sometimes the just be present yeah so south of france has such a special place in my mm. heart such mm. a special place mm. it's it's interesting I, th- I think that you're going to be able to relate with this for me when when i think about solo travel one of the things that i've found is at the core of pretty much all of my solo trips and I've, I've probably had about maybe four or five at this mm, point I'm not same. some connoisseur but yeah, yeah yeah you know um at the core there's always been kind of a narrative of healing there's mm, been an experience yeah. of some sort of healing or hearing God louder hearing yes. God better right and yes. and I don't, I don't know if you know for those that are listening if, if you can relate with that as well um when I think about even my very first solo trip um, it was birthed out of a need for healing. Girl, so I hear that. Funny story, yeah. kind of. Well, funny now. <laughs> what had happened was <laughs> I was dating someone and he had moved to the States and I was supposed to spend Christmas wow. with him. However, so I'd bought my ticket and everything. However, we broke up just before. I was due to come. Like, obviously, as you can imagine, it wasn't was not mutual at the time. It's so fine now, don't worry. But he wow. broke up with me and, and obviously I was led with the making the decision of am I still going to go and mm. like make the most of this trip by myself or am I going to wallow in, in sadness? You know, mm. and obviously I chose to go. I, I am not going to go to the States. Yeah. <laughs> it was my first time and it was the most amazing experience. And so from that beginning, I found, wow, how traveling by myself can be so healing. Yeah. So I wondered for you, is that something that you've experienced in your trips? And if so, when did you realize that solo traveling can, can be that for you? Yeah, I definitely realized it early on because six weeks into final year, it was it was just like I couldn't even believe it was that early, but I was mm. having a panic attack, wow. and I was like, I just need to get out of here. Like I didn't even tell anyone. I remember I was mostly anxious for like a test that I had on a Tuesday, mm. and it was like you know everybody else in the class was like, oh it's cool, like it's just a test, you know we're not that deep in, mm. but I was so anxious for it because I was so aware like this is 
this is it this is final year mm. you can't play um and literally that test was a tuesday and i booked a ticket to jersey um not not, not new jersey sure. like oh, jersey, I love jersey here I've been to jersey. I love For, it. like yeah. two days after okay um i never think i Okay, no, I definitely booked a return ticket because I had, I had lectures. <laughs> you had something to do. I had back something for. to do. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't tell anyone. I, I only told my parents, I think, the second day I was there. Like, oh my yeah, gosh. You didn't was, even tell your parents. I you were didn't traveling. even tell my parents. Are you I sure was you're traveling. <laughs> that is where my parents are like, oh, you, oh, you, you're oh, you're grown, grown. Oh, you grow. <laughs> you think you can make decisions like living in England wow. without telling. I didn't tell anyone mm. um, because I just needed to get to win. I didn't want anyone to talk me out of it. Yeah. And when I was going, it might have even been the airport or somewhere. I just went to a bookshop and I found a book by A.W. Tozer. Mm, mm, um, mm. I don't even remember what it was. It was called called The Pursuit of God. Okay. And I just felt like this is the book you need to read on this trip. Wow. Like I didn't know what I was going for apart from I just need to get away. Wow. But that was the book that really opened my eyes into one, like the, yeah, like soul traveling is healing. Mm. It's so healing mm-hmm. because as I was reading things and I was going around just by myself, I felt I heard God clearly in a way that I had never heard him before in a way that you just can't sometimes hear him in Mm. the midst of familiarity and chaos and Mm. your normal life that you actually need to go to somewhere foreign um, as it may be. And then, you know, because of that experience, because you're in a foreign country, because you're not, I don't know, in a familiar place in somewhere that you have been to before, Mm. you are more attentive mm. because you know naturally when you're you know in somewhere new you're a little bit more cautious yeah um and your you know your senses are up but even your spiritual senses are That's up so and so yeah. you pick up so much mm. from god mm. and over time after that trip i just decided like you know what i want to do this every year mm. and every year you know funny enough i've almost always got to a point where i just felt like i need to go heal again mm. you know nothing crazy or terrible might have happened sure. but it might just be i just need to get out I need that. And, yeah. and you know get get back into God or sometimes mm. I feel like I can't hear God and then I travel and I'm you know mm. I that's where I find him mm. so absolutely it is very mm. healing I love that you agree that's why you my soul sister yeah, girl, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but no it, it makes a great segue as well into talking healing and talking all things faith as mm. well um so I'm gonna read to you a little something that you actually wrote on oh. your Instagram <clears throat> so last year you wrote um on an Instagram post and you, and you said that you were on a journey called crazy daring faith. Those are the words that you used. Um, on the 30th of September, you wow. then wrote this. <laughs> yeah, I sound like um, Joe wow. from you. <laughs> yeah, I've been following you. <laughs> Don't worry, I can fix you. Um, but yeah, okay. So on the 30th of September, you wrote this. I have come to accept the feeling of not knowing where I'm going and I've trained myself to love it. Because it is only when we are suspended mid-air with no landing in sight that we force our wings to unravel and, alas, begin our flight. First and foremost, words were stunning. Thank you for that. Thank you very much. Second of all, (laughs) why I have brought this up is kind of going full circle and going kind of back to 2019 for a moment. Mm. One of my favourite words um, is the word seasons. Um... It's my favorite in the sense that I use it so much. I don't yeah. intend to. I don't know if you ever saw this. There was this tweet that was trending at some point. Um, called out music. The yeah. gospel eyes had said, "Christians handshake the word season." So yeah. it's like yeah. We, yeah. We, we say we it so often. The, yeah, it's absolutely. terrible. Like I say it with my colleagues, and then I'm like, I don't think this is a word. It's like, what trans- season are you in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, they're I'm like, not really sure that's the context. Yeah. You should use the word. <laughs> they're like winter done. And I'm like, no, I mean, what season yeah. are you in? Like we just if you know, it, you like, know exactly, exactly. Um, 
but I wanted to talk about difficult seasons for mm. a moment and, and the role that faith plays in navigating those. Because um, I think both of us and many people listening as well had our fair share of difficult seasons in 2019. Um, here you write about kind of the feeling of free falling and, and learning to basically trust the process. Um, what I'd love to know is what role has faith played in helping you to trust the process in the unknown? So when things don't make sense, when you don't know what's happening next, when maybe things have gone in the direction that you didn't intend for it to go. Mm. And earlier when we were talking, we spoke a little bit about, you know, becoming a chartered accountant and, mm. and the realization that actually is this what I want to do? Yeah. How do you make how did you make peace with things like that? So so what role has faith played in helping you to trust your own process? It's definitely been a journey. Um, I feel like it's one that a lot of people go through and and we don't talk enough actually about about seasons, especially mm. um quote unquote for people who feel like they're always they always just have or seem like they have their lives together. Yeah. You know, but actually everyone does go through it. And mm. for me, faith has just been such a pillar um when it comes to trusting the process and finding mm. the unknown because for me there's just no other way that things make sense like outside of god things just don't make sense i've tried it i know it i've lived it and i've gotten to the point where i'm like i've seen too much i've experienced him too much to know that um you know that there's purpose in pain and that challenging times are not because you've done something wrong Mm-hmm. Are not because God is bad or God is not good. Um, are not because, you know, God just feels like, you know, quote unquote, torturing you. Because there are times we go through that and it's like, how can you say you love me, God? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not an expression of love. Mm-hmm. But over time and as I get older and see things and really, really see things like above the natural eyes, like the mm-hmm. spiritual eyes, mm-hmm. I'm like, everything happens in god's time yeah everything happens with god in it there's absolutely nothing like absolutely nothing Mm. that can happen to me that god is not aware of Mm. my situations don't catch him by surprise and i think the most important thing i probably realized last year was that no matter how the journey takes you no matter how up and down no matter how roller coaster life may be you are still in God's hands. Mm. As a child of God, you are still in God's hands. Mm. And it might not make sense. You might not understand the things that happened to me last year that I was just like, I don't know why. I may never know why. The mm. things that might happened to me in 2016 and in 2018, I started understanding why because sometimes our story is not for us yeah, yeah. you know I think it was T.D. Jakes that said it in one of his sermons like you know it's not for us it's for them and when we're going through it and we're thinking that God is me <laughs> or God is bad you know it's like how can I even trust a God like you if you're putting me through this and it's only in retrospect that you mm. realize that you know it was for your own good mm. you didn't get that job not because you weren't qualified or because you didn't have all the grades or all the things that were required but mm. actually god needed you to be somewhere else maybe mm. to help someone else mm. mm-hmm. maybe to show you your character mm-hmm. um and yeah it's 
that journey for me in 2019 did feel like I was just free falling because like I said, I went into it with no plans. Just saying like, you know, God lead me however you go or however you want to. Um, and that came with God saying, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, get, like, ready that, for a ride. <laughs> get ready for a ride. Yeah. And I remember, you know, a friend was actually telling me that she felt like God was going to call me deeper. Mm. And I didn't even know what that, me- that meant. So I was just like, yeah, sure. Like, oh, cool. Ooh, like, oh, you hear it. Take me deeper. Yeah. Oh, sure. but what that actually meant in terms of your faith was that every like literally everything that could go wrong started to go wrong and it was as soon as she had she told me on my birthday (laughs) in august you need to call your friend and i was like (laughs) i thought you were a prophet of god (laughs) what blasphemy not a persecutor like what is this you know you actually started questioning like was she speaking against me like what but God honestly mm. wanted to test your faith. Mm. And now I've just been reading again the story of Job. Mm. And I, I came to the end where, you know, the whole of Job, Job was questioning God and saying like, you know, how can you say you love me? And I'm a righteous man mm. and this and that. Mm. And God didn't even answer any of his questions. Yeah, he fully had him. <laughs> he was asking him, were you there when I created the earth? Mm. Were you there when I created the sun? Were you there mm. when I was, you know, feeding the birds? You know, mm. and, and basically just showing that he was sovereign and yes. he is sovereign. Yes. And and that sometimes is not easy to see. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't lie that sometimes I'm just like, God, where are you? You can show up now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? We're through with I this think season. We're through. Okay. I've learned all the lessons. And God is like, no, 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 a little longer. A little while. A little mm-hmm. while. Um but again, like I said, I've seen too much and I've experienced mm-hmm. him too much. And now going into twenty twenty, I know like, you know what? Come what may, mm-hmm. I am even if I'm not there yet, I'm definitely getting to that point where I'm like, okay, God, I trust you. Amen. You yeah. know, and and yeah, that's 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 where I am. I love that. I love that. It's it's such a privilege, honestly, to sit with someone and talk at the end of a season, mm. um, to look backwards in retrospect. Because I, I always have this saying, which is that life makes the most sense in reverse. Basically. Yeah. Life just makes the most sense in reverse. Yep. If you try and understand it as it's happening, it's, zero. it's not going to make any zero. sense. But when you look back and you can see everything, Everything I went through was for a reason mm. and it might not have been good at the time. It didn't feel good for to me, but it was good for you ultimately. Yeah. And so yeah. thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I really, really appreciate that. Um, we're going to end things on a fun, quick note and we're oh. going to have a quick fire round. Oh, so, I love these. I'm sure you know what this is. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of and or this or that, that yep. sort of thing. Um, just a few quick questions just to kind of leave the people with a little bit more about you. So question number one is... One book that changed your outlook on life. Last year or like in general? You can say in general. You read a lot of books. Oh, there's we know. a lot. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, let's whittle it down. In 2019. Okay, okay, how many 2019, books did you read in 2019? I read 17 books. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was between 17 and 20. I actually, I tried to do amazing. one. To, I tried to do one a month and I was shocked that I, but again, it's one of those, once I went to social media, you just realize like, wow, so this is what like, <laughs> life looks like without like once your screen time is telling you you've only been on your phone for two hours an average a day wow. and then with social media it's like 18 hours or not 18 hours but you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. more yeah um but yeah that's what i spent time doing wow. just reading good on you so okay out of the many books that you read in 2019 which one maybe changed your outlook on life um when breath becomes air i've heard so many good things Paul about Kalanathi. that book okay. i read that on my flight to new york and Wow. It was a, I'm almost here and I'm thinking about it, but it was one of those stories that will forever 
like change you and how mm. you think about life and a, a meaningful life mm. and that was the book that really taught me that purpose can exist with pain mm. that you can be ha- happy and sad at the same time that mm. you know sometimes when everything in your life is going well you can be depressed mm. you know and just how to even find you're happy when you're mm. sad mm. you know so sometimes things are just so bleak um but you're still having fun here and there mm. and it might seem like this is weird this is crazy <laughs> but no that book definitely life-changing so it's a must read yeah absolutely i think okay. everyone it's it's very emotional it's very emotional I'd oh i mean it's very emotional I love but it i think cry. that yeah i think everybody <laughs> just needs to have it because it puts it puts life in perspective honestly mm. it does it That's really powerful. does okay this one, in retrospect, I know the answer to, oh. but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> and it's New York or Nice. New York City. <laughs> okay. People sometimes think I'm from New York. Like, someone's probably really? going to say, are you from New York, girl? No, I'm not. And you're like, I wish I I was. wish. <laughs> but thank I you for wish, prophesying, though. Yes. I will get there. <laughs> Number three, a financial tool that you can't live without. So that can be something that maybe helps you save, something that helps you budget. You know what? A financial tool I can't live without is just my Excel tracker. Sometimes. Oh, you're old school like that. I'm old school. Like, I love all these gadgets and apps, and I recommend them to people all the time, and I love Monzo and Stalin and all these other banks that are doing amazing things now, Mm. but... Like, I'm a geek. I'm a little bit of a geek. <laughs> I would almost always still go back to Excel. Yeah. Maybe just because it's, like, physical and I can, you know, play with it and mm. change things and stuff. But it's I quite feel like it's fine as well. Yeah. 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 And I can... I don't know. I just feel more connected. I feel mm. like sometimes with our banks, we're a little bit disconnected from it. Like, you just see mm. money going out. And even though Monzo is telling you, spend like you're out of budget for the month. You're like, it's okay, Monzo. I'm just going to my overdue. But when you're doing it on Excel, it's like there's no You're trying to figure out, like, oh, but so I can't buy this Deborah's coat now that I've been looking at last Really? Are you sure? You know, you're like looking at yeah, it. So yeah. yeah, definitely my Excel tracker. Nice, nice. Okay. Um, homebody or nightlife? Oh, that's hard. What would you say for me? For you. What do you think? Dare I say you are a mix of both. You Mm -hmm. definitely are a mix of both. But I think larger proportions homebody. Yes. I think you could get away with being at home more during the year. And have your burst of your social energy and see your family and your friends. You are absolutely spot on. Thank you. Absolutely spot on. (laughs) (laughs) Quite attentive, I do try. Um, Number six, uh, Nigerian men or Ghanaian men? You know what? Mm. You know the thing is, sometimes you, you haven't said anything <laughs> in the Beningi. You like know? you're just, you're just probably like what I would really like to say. <laughs> no, what would you like to say? What are you going to say? <laughs> what I would. Hope to say. No, first of all, let me just disclaim that I am Nigerian. Sure, yeah, let's put that out there for context. But, and I do love Nigerians, mm-hmm. right? God, it's a, it's a judgment for But you zone. know the thing is. <laughs> okay, you know what? Let, let You know what? Honestly, honestly, I think at the end of the day, yeah. Nigerian. Okay. A couple of, things, a were long playing, a couple of things were playing in my head. You know, but I was just like, let's At be the honest. End of the day. Let's be honest. 
this is where we're gonna lie today. Okay, yeah. okay. You, you just saved a lot of Nigerians. <laughs> <laughs> People are gonna come for me like literally. <laughs> okay, and number seven is what is your financial splurge? So, what is the thing that can get all your coins? You know this. No. You travel. I literally have my mouth open. Yes. Ah, okay. <laughs> Every day. Any day. Travel I can that. get Actually, you know what that, and that's anything. the thing. Mm. Like I feel like I stay at home a lot of the time just so I can so travel. So you can leave the country. Yeah. Like that's it. Like a lot of people last year, especially when I went home for Christmas, they were mm. like, ah, Mrs. International. I was like, I only went on a few trips, but that was the only time they saw me. Yeah. So yeah. the automatically thing, like that's all I do. And I'm like, I wish. Like one of those people Like that, pay me to travel. Yeah, that's the dream. That would be my dream. If honestly. only. There's yeah. so many people that the only time that they use their Instagram is whenever they're abroad. Yeah. And so, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Look. Loki or one of them. Loki, but not really. But you know what? That was me in 2019 because yeah. that was, you know, obviously, again, no one is pressing the lows, right? Of course. But it was all of that. Course. When it's high and when yeah. I'm going on a trip. And, also, you know. when you're learning, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think ultimately you maybe learned some profound lessons in Nice, you learned some profound things yes. in, you know, Nigeria, etc. Yes. So yes. it's likely yes. that you're going yes. to share. Um, the Try final one <laughs> is one woman who inspires you to be the best version of yourself. Ooh. Like someone I someone I know. It can be someone you know. It can be someone from afar. Whichever you There's so many people. Who's the woman that you're kind of gleaming towards at the moment? My mom. Oh, tell us more about that. My mom. I think the older I've gotten, she's actually like you know how people fake deep say your mom is your best friend. Like, like, you're, like you always speak to her once a quarter is she really your best, like she's only your best friend when you put her on Instagram but like go oh, best friend like no yeah, girl yeah, yeah. no do they know that you've even blocked no, her from your Instagram yeah and you've, and you've even your WhatsApp picture from her as well but my mom, my mom my mom like, mm. the older I get and the more I learn about who she is like I feel mm. like sometimes we've only seen our parents are just like financial providers and like mm. mommy I need this but <laughs> as I get older and and you know we start having deeper conversations mm. about like traveling and mm. you know again different seasons yes. um <laughs> and i'm learning the things that she learns and mm. i'm like when did you go through that <laughs> You, I live you were a young friends. person? Yeah. What? I'm like, when did that have heartbreak? What? You what? <laughs> You've you not always been married? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's and I think thing. that she has such a beautiful journey. And I'm just mm. seeing so much of her mm. personality come out th- um, these days. And just even how mm. she is with my dad. And yeah. just so many things on faith, on marriage, on friendships, on family, mm. on, on being wise with money, on... Mm faith so many things mm. that i'm learning from her and i'm just like you are the, the ultimate goal mom you're like i love michelle obama i love oprah yeah. i love beyonce yes. but mommy you you take the crown yeah you take the crown because it's because it's also real life right yes. because i've seen yes. you know her doing stuff that she doesn't feel like even on days that mm. you know she doesn't feel good yeah because you know we gotta eat <laughs> you know or just because that discipline and it's like not every, you're not always gonna feel good doing everything mm. even things that you love you're not always gonna feel good mm. and it might not always work out but mm. she always gives 110% to everything beautiful yeah shout mom, out to you mommy mommy smart wherever yeah. you are <laughs> she's probably in some country now <laughs> I'm, I'm in Gambia oh yeah I'm in Greece like girl how did you get there <laughs> she's living her best life okay she's she reaping is, her she fruit is, she is 
But no, Vicky, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. It's I think it would be an injustice if we didn't leave without asking where we can find out more about you and where we can connect with you. So let the people know. So my phone number is no. <laughs> <laughs> Nigerian men. <laughs> They're like, which phone number? <laughs> You can find me. I think I mostly hang out. I don't even think I hang out that much on Instagram these days. But I think you're there. Stories a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, know. you know, I'm I'm really gonna try this year. So okay. actually, if you do want to, you know, find out a little bit more about mm-hmm. me, um, Instagram is definitely yeah. yeah. So even just try. You know what? I'm looking. I'm opening applications with travel buddies. Amen. 2020. Cool. Let's do it. You gotta bring mm. your money. <laughs> But I'm a vibe. I will be yeah. a good time. But no, I'm kidding. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I'm <hoping. laughs> If you actually want to find out more about me, you can go on my Instagram. It's Vicky Smart. It's B U K double I E S M A R T Smart. And yes, guys, Smart is my real name. I feel like some people just think that's a stage name. No, I was born with it. <laughs> it's prophetic. That is my father. It is prophetic, you know. Um, but yeah, Bookie Smart. If you want to find out more about Safe Spend Invest, you can check us out at the Safe Spend Invest podcast. Amazing. Uh, what else? What you else? on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. Yeah, I actually quite these days. Mm. I spend a lot of time. I okay. just laugh my eyes out on Twitter <laughs> these days. You know, black Twitter is unmatched. Black Twitter yeah. is unmatched. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm also on Twitter at Bookie Smart. That's B U K W I E Smart again. Um, yeah, and you know, let's connect. Yes. Let's get to know each other more. Most let's definitely. be vulnerable. Amen. You know, let's be transparent. Let's let's yeah. help each other get the bag. Yes, you know. Yes, yes. amen. That's yes. the goal. Bookie, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so oh, much for joining us today. Dear. For those that are listening, please do be sure to follow her, connect with this girl because she's going places and you definitely want to go along with her. Um, so all there's left to say is thank you so much everyone for listening. If you have enjoyed this conversation and you want to chip in, you want to share anything online, then make sure to at me on Instagram, either at Deborah Chosen is my personal page, or you can of course um, at the podcast which is at trust in the process pod um, i'm also on twitter at deborah chosen as well and don't forget to subscribe to the mailing list which you can find in the description of this episode also don't forget to rate it because we have some juicy conversations here yes. so let's spread it and get it out there so until next time guys remember to keep trusting the process and we'll see you in the next one bye